Hello and welcome to Flattress. This is Lane. This is Meg. And today we're reviewing Duke of Pleasure by Elizabeth Hoyt. This was published in 2016 and is the 11th book in the Maiden Lane series. I feel like I've been running a marathon and I'm just waiting for the next wave to hit me. Is that how marathons work? Uh, I don't know. I've never run a marathon. I can't tell you if that's actually how they work, but I can tell you that it has been just about a year that we've been recording these books. I mean, there are 12 in the series, and we've released one per month. The time is gross. This is the 11th book in the Maiden Lane series. We've been rereading the entire series to go along with the Unmaiden My Lane read-along. So uh, you can find the 10 previous books in this series, along with two novellas Yep, in our history. They're all in there. If you want to hear what we think about them, please listen. Uh, we do, we've enjoyed some of them. Some of them we haven't as much. Let's find out about this one, Lane. Bold, brave, brutally handsome, Hugh Fitzroy, the Duke of Kyle, is the king's secret weapon. Sent to defeat the notorious Lords of Chaos, he is ambushed in a London alley and rescued by an unlikely ally. A masked stranger with the unmistakable curves of a woman. In the heat of desire, cocky, clever, courageously independent, Alf has survived on the perilous streets of St. Giles by disguising her sex. By day, she is a boy dealing in information and secrets. By night, she's the notorious ghost of St. Giles, a masked vigilante. But as she saves Hugh from assassins, she finds herself succumbing to temptation. One kiss will change their lives forever. When Hugh hires Alf to investigate the Lords of Chaos, her worlds collide. Once Hugh realizes the boy and the ghost of St. Giles are the same. Will Alf find the courage to become the woman she needs to be before the Lords of Chaos destroy them both? This jacket is fine. I was like, to be completely honest, I have no problems with this book jacket. However, this book jacket gets into things about the book that I need to discuss. Okay, that's fair, because that's what we're going to do for the next 25 to 30 minutes. Great. Uh, so as usual, we generated a random number between 1 and 50. And this week, that random number was 30. So we both wrote 30-word summaries of this book. Uh, so I'll go first. Kyle is determined to bring down the terrible Lords of Chaos, which leads to an attack in a dark alley. Kyle needs the best man he knows for the job. <laughs> you let those ellipses work for a lot. I am very good at articulating ellipses. Yes, you, you are actually very good at that. You would be a good audiobook narrator. Like, Thank you so much. You're welcome. All right, here's my 30-word summary. There's a new ghost in St. Giles, and she's a girl who likes to kiss Kyle when they start fight together. But she's also Alf, Kyle's male informant. So, um, surprise? My favorite thing about this summary is sword fight being one word. <laughs> Had to make it fit. Okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, we were talking about this series to someone earlier tonight who had, was not familiar with it. And we were talking about, like, the thematic elements that are present <laughs> in all of them. Yeah. And it's like... Someone in St. Giles who has been, like, downtrodden and wants to help the people in it. 
the ghost itself, which is like the Batman vigilante version of that taken to an extreme, the aristocrat who has like a desire to help those less fortunate. Um, and then there's the Lords of Chaos, which are this not St. Giles related, mm -hmm. really, other than the Lassie Snatchers being maybe snatching maybe. Lassies for them. Maybe. Um, element. This book just is all of those things. It's like, she's like, oh, you know what? People liked the ghost. Let's put a ghost in this book. Because, like, we have not heard about the ghost for literally four books. Right. Like, Winter has shown up and Godric have shown up, but both of them as, like, themselves not as their ghost version of themselves right so um the ghost is back and it's alf we all remember alf from previous books in the book in the series i'm not gonna name them because it's so many i mean she appeared i think in winter's book i think that was her first book but she's been in but she's been in basically all of them since then yeah so i will admit i was looking forward to her story i will also admit i was slightly disappointed I like her and Kyle uh -huh. independently. Yes. Do you like her and Kyle together? I don't know. This book just tried to do too much. This book did a lot of things. Um, one of the things, one of the things we were talking about that this series does a lot is this cross-class romance. Right. And that is present in this book. It is. Um, Kyle is a duke. He's a royal duke, a royal bastard. Right. So his mother was a commoner. Yes. His father's obviously the, the king. king. Um, and so he's got this weird dual identity where, like, he's still got relatives from the lower classes. Mm-hmm. And he meets with them. And, like, his mother never quite refined herself. Mm-hmm. But clearly he is a duke and his father is the king, so he's yeah. always led a life of privilege in and, some way. And he married the sister of a Viscount. So he's, I mean, he is in the upper class. He's integrated the, the upper class. Right. At the same time, I don't know if he's fully accepted by them. Like, you definitely get the feeling that he, they see him as a little uncouth. And the fact that he sort of operates as a spy of sorts, mm -hmm. or at the very least, like a body man mm -hmm. for certain tasks, underlies that he might be a royal duke, but he gets his hands dirty. Yeah. And he's also sort of not forgotten where he came from. Yes. At the same time, it's still definitely a cross-class romance. This would be a cross-class romance, cross romance, even if Kyle was just like a well-to-do merchant. Yes. Because Alf is like the poorest of the poor. Right. So Alf is a sad, tragic orphan mm -hmm. who was abandoned in St. Giles and taken in by... Not taken in by anyone. Ned. Yeah, well, yeah, Ned, I guess. Who was another sad, tragic orphan, but slightly older than her, who taught her, like, the ways of the streets and mm -hmm. convinced her to lead life as a man. Yep. In the name of making things easier and saving her from certain types of risks. I have some issues with Ned, and we'll get to that when we get to content warnings. Yeah, we can talk about Ned. I... I think this verges on content warnings as well. Yes, she has a secret identity. She lives her life as a man. That's that she never identifies as a man. So she's very clearly like not trans or like not non-binary. Correct. She is she in always, disguise as a man. Correct. She always identifies as Except a woman. Except when she's in disguise as the ghost. Correct. She's either in disguise as a man or as a concept of the ghost the concept of the ghost but and i mean that's interesting because as the ghost she's not so concerned about hiding her sex right because it doesn't really matter right 
So it's interesting. It's interesting. So in that case, I don't think that the book jacket was incorrect in saying that the ghost has the unmistakable curves of a woman. Correct. Because I was like, okay, that's kind of fair, to be honest. Yeah. If anything, you see her embrace her femininity the first couple of times while as the disguised ghost. as the ghost rather right. than as Alf. Exactly. There. That said, there is a makeover scene where she trope descends the stairs in a new gown and it's the first time anyone's seen her fully embracing her femininity Mm -hmm. and it's look i liked it i liked that moment i did too what can i say look we're a sucker for a pretty dress we've talked about this before there's one of my favorite tropes which is the someone's coming quick kiss me (laughs) but this adds the trope of kiss you wear Yes, it sure does. I it was um, a bold move, bold move on Alf's part. I had a couple of qualms with it, and I ultimately decided to dismiss all of them. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Every single one. Dismissed. I was like, do I think that her dress is unrecognizable just because she ripped some lace off of it and rolled in some dirt? Did someone identify him as Kyle before they started fleeing. So like the fact that it's Kyle getting blown does not disguise Kyle's identity. <laughs> Do I care? Look, they, they hid, I care. I care none. They hid their swords and they hid his domino mm-hmm. and her mask, obviously sufficient. And her lace fichu. Yeah. They, yes. Her, and yeah, she pulled her boobs out. <laughs> <laughs> so his children are motherless because he's an unhappy widower. His marriage was... A marriage of lust. Yeah. Where it burned too hot. They started fighting. She started having affairs. Uh, Something we've seen before. One of the kids isn't his. Yeah. Biologically. But he has. He doesn't care. He He loves them so much. He doesn't care. Look, it's one of the things I like about Kyle. What can I say? Agree. But you have a situation where like his kids clearly go to Alf for nurturing. Yes. Not knowing that Alf is a woman. Mm-hmm. And I also thought it was funny that a lot of people identified Alf as a woman quicker than Kyle did. I think Kyle's the first one in the text to realize it, but people who have known her not very long realize it pretty quickly. So it makes me, it always makes me wonder, I understand why it serves the plot to have people figuring her out, but it makes me wonder how convincing the disguise really was. Well, it is interesting because like throughout the past one, two, three, four, five, six, seven books, throughout the past six or seven books, Alf appears. In some of them, the main characters figure out that she's a girl in disguise as a boy, and some of them they don't. Right. And so I think it was consistent in this book that some characters did figure it out more quickly than Al, than um, Kyle. That said, you're right. Mm-hmm. I mean, the entire story arc is, okay, Alf is living as a boy, right. but... How many people actually figured this shit out? Because they're right. all, I think all the people who did figure it out were like very nice. Well, except for Valentine. Valentine knew. Yeah. That Alf was a girl, but he was just like, I don't care. But Godric, he, Godric obviously figured Godric it out. Godric knew. Uh, I'm pretty sure that Winter knew. Can't remember. I can't remember 100%. Um, Trevelyan did not. Correct. And Maximus did not. I think you're right. Anyway. <laughs> but thinking of actually thinking back on the characters who figured it out and who didn't, uh, it makes sense. But some of the people <laughs> who figured it out in this book figured it out without spending much time with her at yes, all. Yes, especially Iris. It That's was a little, what I'm thinking yeah, of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
and then so Alf may always identify as a woman, but she definitely has never identified as a lady. Correct. So she needs lessons on how to be a lady. And Kyle as a super masculine dude. He can't give lady lessons. So the woman he's engaged to kind of gives them. That is not a source of drama. He has an understanding with her. Right. I actually really, this was one of the parts I did enjoy a lot about the book was the, was Iris's willingness to think about what she actually wanted and think about, look at the relationship between Kyle and Alf and not feel threatened. I thought that was actually one of my favorite things. I know this Mm -hmm. is going to sound so goddamn trite, but so often people in romance novels fail to act like adults. Yes. Partially because they're, like, overtaken by emotion and love and love is blind and all of that stuff, but partially because it, like, serves the plot better. Mm -hmm. And I really enjoyed how mature Irish and Hugh were in how they dealt with each other. Yes. I thought it was also interesting, like, after Hugh and Irish have the the conversation where it's like, hey, I don't actually think you want to marry me. Mm -hmm. Which, spoiler alert, this is a romance between Hugh and Alf. Hugh Mm -hmm. and Iris don't end up together. Um, Alf, like, notices tension. Mm-hmm. And that's as close as anything comes to conflict. And I was yeah. like, this feels much more authentic. Yeah, it, it did. Yeah. So let's talk about this book. Still right. Yeah. So uh, Hugh is has been tasked by the king. He was tasked in the last book. So he had appeared in the last book, just as many of our heroes and heroines do. Um, there are a few scenes from his perspective in Duke of Sin. Uh, he is working for the king semi-undercover to figure out who the Lords of Chaos are. He also has a couple of other assignments. Yeah. So initially, when, as the book jacket talks about, he is attacked in the Dark Alley. Mm-hmm. Um, it's unclear exactly who of his potential enemies actually sent people on him. Mm-hmm. So he hires Alf for two reasons. One, to figure out and confirm who hired the attackers. Mm-hmm. And if it was, as he suspects, the Lord of Ka- Ka- Lords of Chaos, who in the Lords of Chaos did it? Which, which actual person? Yep. Because one of the things that I find a little bit wonky about the Lords of Chaos is that they hide the membership from each other. But they get tattoos that are extremely identified. They all get tattoos and then it says, like, if one person reveals himself to another, the other person has to do what they ask. But I'm like, how would they reveal themselves to the other person if they don't know who it is? The whole idea of like, the, there are, I mean, this is, I do understand that this is a thing that happens. Like there are moles, not moles, but I forget exactly what the correct term is, but there are like small groups that don't know who the leadership is. I get that. But it seems to me like either the Lords of Chaos are way more organized than they seem to be in the book. Yeah. Or they're way less organized than they seem to be in the book. I don't think the actual organization of the Lords of Chaos is super well thought out. This is it. My, no, it's not my biggest qualm, but one of the qualms I had with this book is this is like the big come to Jesus with the Lords of Chaos. Mm-hmm. And it felt real dissatisfying. Oh, for sure. Like the way the Lords of Chaos get their comeuppance and like what we learn about the organization as a whole, not sufficient Mm-mm. for how big of a role it's had in previous books. Yeah. Um, so this book opens, as Lane said, with Hugh being attacked. Um, he's in dire straits. 
being attacked to like overwhelming odds. He thinks he's going to get away and then like more attackers arrive. What should happen? But the ghost of St. Giles, who we thought was gone. So we've had three books. We thought that each of the ghosts had retired. All three of them. Yep. Well, the ghost is back, mm -hmm. jumps down, helps Kyle escape his attackers, and then kisses him. And he's like, oh, this is a girl. And we're both, like, real hot for each other. Yep. And then she disappears over the rooftops as a true ghost would, which I kind of loved. To be yes. Like, one thing Elizabeth White does really well is, like, opening scenes. I have to admit, like, the opening scenes of most of her books are, like, so captivating and you're just ready for the action. Agreed. I really loved this beginning. I also really loved... So Alf gets brought in by the Duke of Kyle, who has worked with Alf mm -hmm. previously, to investigate what happened in St. Giles that night. Mm -hmm. And in the course of that investigation, Alf is injured. Yes. And she goes to Kyle for help, and Kyle is like, fuck this, you got injured because of me. You are now under my protection. And before Kyle has any sense that Alf is a woman, or that Alf is the ghost, or that like these people are listening, Alf sneaks out of his house to go be the ghost with him. Love that whole sequence. Love So it. good. And I also really, really liked, one of the things that I thought she did super well in this book was that Kyle... So there are many, many historical romances where the female main character disguises herself as a boy. Yep. The male main character does not recognize her as a woman, but has these thoughts. Either they, they think, oh, I'm attracted to this person. It can't be a boy because I am so straight. Has to be a girl. Um, or they just kind of, they like figure it out. They figure out that they're a girl. Or they're like, wait a minute, this is so weird. I'm just like not usually attracted to boys, but I am in this case. I guess I'm bi. <laughs> there are like a lot of different ways that this can happen. In this book, Kyle has no clue. But even though he notices that the ghost has an injured leg and Alf also has an injured leg, he still doesn't put it together, which I really appreciated. Um. Totally agree with you. I also think it's interesting. I think this book was able to get away with it because let's be real. The reason that trope happens is you both need instant attraction between your two main characters. You can't have like apathy. <laughs> um, and because, well, fuck it. No, that's the real reason. It's because you need instant attraction between mm -hmm. your two main characters. So by having him attracted to the ghost, Elizabeth Hoyt took away the need to justify any attraction to Alf. So it worked because there were two secret identities. Exactly. And it, not just one. Exactly. I think that's why, it, well, look, it would have worked for me had he just not been into Elf. Oh, no. The other reason it worked for me is when he realizes the ghost is a boy. I'm sorry. When he realizes the ghost is Alf. When he realizes the ghost is Alf. He's like, fuck, how old is Alf? <laughs> yes! And I loved that moment so much. Because it really underscored, like, not only, it wasn't like the, oh, shit, I thought it was a boy. It was, oh, shit, I think Alf's, like, 15. Like, oh, shit, was I kissing a literal child? Yes. <laughs> like, that was his concern, and not any, like, shit, am I gay? Was, yeah. like, so good. <laughs> I love it. And I love how, like, he figures out later, it comes out that she's 21, and he's, like, mentally, <laughs> like, thank God. 
look not even sort of borderline like, no definitely legal yeah there yeah. wasn't like i turned 18 last week no <laughs> no go alf has been mm. pretending like she's 15 for six years and I, I also thought the fan whacking of that in the very beginning. She's like, look, clearly no one pays attention to gutter children. Because yep. I had been 15 for way too long. It, it was that I thought Hoyt's handling of the whole secret identity, dual identity, disguising myself as a boy. She just handled the whole thing super well, in my opinion. Agreed. Very well done. I thought Alf's relationship with his kids was kind of weird. Yeah. I mean, there's a little bit of. Like, I want kids. A little bit of, what do you call it, baby fever? Yeah. I would say more than a little. Yeah, like, Alpha's is, is realizing, so she's 21 now, and she's realizing that if she continues to live her life as a man, she will not be able to have a family. Right. So on the one hand, I think it's a fair, like, psychological reaction. On the other hand, she's only 21, you know? And my bigger problem with that is, like, we've gotten a lot of Alf, right? Mm-hmm. In the other books, she's had some POV. I really expected to learn about Alf in this book. What she wanted, like what her objectives were being this secret identity having ghosts, what dreams were hers, like what drove her to be the ghost. Mm -hmm. She's been paid a lot by Valentine and other people, saving a lot of money. Like what was her vision for mm -hmm. that? You don't get any of that from this book. The closest Alf comes to having a dream in this book is being a mom. Yeah. And, and I just, like, for a character we've known for so long, that felt like a letdown. Well, and the thing is, too, like, it, it does feel like, she, in the previous books, you do feel like she does have some kind of objective. Right. And in this book, the objective is, I want to stay alive, which is okay. But like, she's been staying alive for 16 years. Yes. And she clearly has the means and right. the time to dream bigger right now well, given and, the number of years she's been getting paid on the side to be an informant yeah. and her life is the ghost and, and i mean i guess she's decided in the past few years that she wants to become the ghost i did think so of course i wanted winter to appear in this book however i thought it was super in character that he was not training her to be the ghost because winter would never train a successor correct so it made so much sense that it was godric who was doing the training. Mm -hmm. I don't love Godric, so was I excited to see him appear in the book? No, but do I give white points for character consistency? Yes, I do. It also felt Godric was just Hippolyta's Bella. You, Hippolyta? He was in, he what? Yes, and he her half-brother? No, so he was in Sarah's novella. Sorry. That's okay. Godric was just in Sarah's novella. Yeah. And so it does feel like we've gotten a lot of Godric and Megs playing similar roles. Yeah. I just want, I just want more Winter. You know. Which I will never get. Sniff, sniff. She moved on from those make pieces. <laughs> so fast. <laughs> it's like, it's true. <laughs> we got the last, the last make piece roundup was in Ace's book and you are never going to see them again. Which I think is hilarious because they were such a huge part of the first eight. Books. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 But whatever, it's fine. Asa and Winter are the heroes of my heart. I'll just have to make you with that. Okay. <laughs> okay, what else happens in this book? Um, so they're obviously trying to take down the Lords of Chaos. We said that the way that all ultimately goes down is a little bit like meh. Yeah. I do want to touch on, because we always do in the Hoyt books, what the other POV characters are. Yes. 
how did you think it was done? So the other POV character was Iris. Except for the epilogue. Except for the, yes, except for the epilogue. Sorry, I was like, no, let me remember the epilogue. It literally was the last thing I just read in this book, obviously. It's also only like a page long. I do remember what you're talking about. Okay, but it was primarily Iris. And I thought it was actually pretty well done. I liked that Iris was the POV character because she did play a role both with both with Alf's lady lessons and also with Kyle kind of figuring out what he wants from life. And Hoyt did give her a pretty significant plot element. That was the part I didn't like, actually. I didn't love it either, but at least it made, at least it gave Iris's presence a point. Agreed. I didn't mind her as a POV character. I thought it was better integrated into the text. But the party they go to where they need to like, they're doing the espionage part of this book. I think that's as big as I'll leave it. It ends up the party is more sinister than they think. And you only know that because of the moments in Iris's POV, but it ultimately comes to nothing. Yeah. So I, I just, I think the problems with Iris were more the problems with the Lords of Chaos. I think she was a fine POV character, but the most significant moments of her POV had to do with Lords of Chaos, and that whole sequence was ultimately a letdown. Yeah. I agree. Anything else we need to discuss in terms of quality? I mean, honestly, uh, I think we covered the, the parts of the book that I think we liked the most. Let's talk, I guess let's just talk briefly about the relationship itself, because I think we both liked Alf as a character and we both liked Kyle as a character. So Alf is this scrappy girl who came up from the streets of St. Giles. She is working, she's disguised as a boy. She's also the ghost and she does work for like intelligence for like very right. rich men. Um, so she's kind of an interesting character. She is an interesting character. I mean, for books, like, you were like, hey, is Alf going to be a, uh, a main character? Yeah. So it was kind of cool to see her. Kyle, as a hero, like, as a character, I really liked. I liked him as a single father who's, like, regretting some of his choices in the past. I liked his... I liked that he was very practical, but also honorable at the same time. So, like, he's thinking about what's, not, like, reputation, but, like, what is actually honorable? What's the best thing to do in this situation? So, at first, when he's like, oh, no, Alf is a girl, I've been putting her in these really dangerous situations. He's a little nervous about it. And then when he thinks about it, he's like, no, she's the best person for the job. Yep. She's the one I should have hired. Like, it would be less honorable to treat her as though she were different now that I know she's a girl. Right? So I liked Alf and I liked Kyle as main characters. Did I fully believe their relationship? I don't know. My problem is that Kyle clearly needed like stability, but also an equal mm -hmm. after a marriage that was volatile and very unequal. Mm -hmm. And Alf clearly needed, well, I don't know. The thing is Alf was underdeveloped. Which is yeah. a shame for a character that's had this much time. Like, did she really, other than wanting motherhood, like, she has this badass history with all these badass choices, and I would have liked someone who could match her in badassery. And I feel like because Kyle was sort of a spy, and because you add this maternal instinct to Alf, you end up, 
I understand where Elizabeth White thought she made them match, but it felt like a mismatch. Like, reading it, it didn't feel like either of them were actually what the other did. Yeah, and there was... She did so many things well. Like, she developed the character of Alf and the secret identities, which we've already said were just really well done. She developed the secret identities, which were really, really well done. She just didn't spend as much time on the relationship development because Hugh is, like, super into the ghost. They make out, like, he fingers her. He, like, finger bangs her to completion. And that's when he finds out it's Alf. And after that, they don't even talk about it. And there's also this element of, like, what Hugh wants is, like, a mother for his children who he can do, like, fun, sexy stuff with. And he doesn't have to worry about cheating on him. Mm-hmm. The ghost is not those things. No. There's a lot of emphasis in the book. So Hoyt puts a lot of emphasis on, I'm male, she's female. But other than that, we're the same. We both like adventure. We both like sword fight. We can support each other. We get turned on when we're in dangerous situations. So like, I, I understand what she's trying to do. I just don't know if I believed it as a long-term relationship, which is what Hugh decides, what Kyle... Hugh decides is what he wants. Yeah, I, I think I hadn't realized this until we had this conversation, but I think ultimately, like, my qualms with the book all come back to Alf wasn't enough. Mm. I needed a better sense of her yeah. to understand why this worked. I think I got Kyle. Yeah, He's this man who, like, on the surface wants stability, but has always been a little attracted to danger. Mm-hmm. Cool. I felt like to make Alf be that, it was shoehorning this character into that mold when this character had the potential to be so much more. Yeah. I mean, to be completely honest, I there were parts of the third act. There was a third act breakup, and then they come back together. That was the dumbest thing I have ever read, ever. I'm dead serious, you guys. I just want to be very clear. The third act breakup here is Hugh thinks he's saying be back later. And Alf, whose real name we never get, well, her, her name is Alf. Okay. Um, Duchess Alf is like, oh my god, that was goodbye forever. Well, I couldn't blame her. He's like, here's some money. I'm not talk to you later. It was a stupid conflict. It, it was a stupid conflict. There's a third act breakup. She goes and lives with Godricks and John. She goes and, you know, moves He says, him. here's some money, goodbye, and she says jack shit. I'm sorry. Okay, like, but I'm not... That I'm, needed to be a conversation. The second that was not a conversation, it was like, you got away with this. Because authentically, I don't know how her character would respond. I'm over that part. She goes and lives with, with Godric, and then Alf is like looking for her desperately. He doesn't know where she is. She just disappeared. I don't know what to do. Finally, finds her at Godric's house, and she just comes down and is like, "Yes, I'll marry you." I really, really, truly would have liked the ending to this book not to be a wedding, mm-hmm. but to be an understanding between them. And then she's like living with Godric. They could have created an entire backstory for her. He's his ward. She, sorry, she's his ward. Come from the country. She's, you know, mm. and then Kyle goes to court her and takes her to think. I don't know. I really would have The liked... whole ending of this book felt like it was setting up the next. Yeah. And I can already tell you I'm not going to like the next one. So I am very nervous. I did not like either the way Iris and this man interacted in this book because it's clearly Iris. I was like, I am nervous. This is not good. I mean, you should be very nervous because the next book is, um, very difficult to read. 
but it's the last one. And I know you're like, I want to read it. And then we'll end with a cute little epilogue, like a fluffy novella and you'll be okay. But this, the final book in the Maiden Lane series is a, is a toughie. It is a toughie. But I, all I am like, I again, loved God, uh, not Godric, loved you. Yep. Loved Alf. The fact that this book felt like a whole bunch of things she didn't actually have a conclusion thought through on, whether it be Lords of Chaos or Elf. And then the end was just to set up what I can already tell is going to be not my favorite. No, thank you. Okay. Content warnings. Um, so she's taken in by this guy named Ned, who... I mean, he's like her age or maybe, maybe two older. or three years older. He's older. He ends up prostituting himself. And probably being killed by one of his clients, one of his johns. Correct. And their whole dynamic was interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's content warning number one. Content warning number two. Um, she's a sad, tragic orphan whose dad had to do some tough things on the street. And it talks about like how she was abandoned and what yeah. happened. That was very difficult. Uh, content warning number three, his wife's infidelity. Mm-hmm. Thought the parts about her and Iris' relationship, excellent. Me, yes, me too. I really, I actually really liked it because Iris is like her childhood best friend. Iris still loves her, even though she did terrible things. Yeah. And I felt like it was just, I, I feel like. So I, I felt like their relationship felt authentic. Like your friend can do things that are really terrible, but you you are still friends with them and you still love them and care about them. Even where you recognize their complicity and harm. Mm-hmm. I did think the specific men she had involved herself with was convenient. <laughs> yeah. All right. Also on page there, I mean, there's murder and violence. Yeah. Um, and there are references to pedophilia. Oh yeah. So there you go. And references to like a scary secret deviant sex society where they, they, it's like, it is so movie, like, like cinema style secret society where they're wearing robes and masks and like have a big circle and blah, blah, blah. Like, it was kind of over the top, but you know, if that stuff freaks you out or scares you, like be aware. I mostly rolled my eyes. I mean, me too, but I'm just, I'm just saying, you know, um, sexiness. This is a really difficult one for me to judge because some of the scenes I thought were very sexy and some of the scenes I did not. Yeah. So like the first time when she, when she infiltrates his house as the ghost, and they like do the finger bang in his in his library. I think it's very hot. Mm-hmm. I like that part. When they're running away from the scary people, and she's like, "I'm gonna blow you," did not think it was hot. Mm-hmm. That said, there was. Elizabeth Point does this thing. She does things that I do not particularly find hot or sexy, but. If you want to get all philosophical about it, I think she's really breaking down the dichotomy between between spirit and body, right? Okay. She does this. She does these things where if you are a person with a vagina, person who gets periods, a person who can get period, who can get pregnant, 
and you're reading this book, there are things that happen to her characters that you kind of recognize. You're like, yeah, I've been in that situation. So an example, this comes from a, a different book I don't think you've read, but one example is um, the female main character has sex with the male main character and she she's kind of hoping that she's pregnant because she doesn't want him to leave. He's about to like go back to the colonies and she's like, kind, you know, it's like, to me at least, it's like this psychological thing where you're kind of like, oh, I wish there was this other reason why he wouldn't leave. Right. Um, so they have sex. She's. I'm looking up. at Meg with horror. I will not read this book. She stands up to like walk somewhere and she's like, she feels his seed fall out of her body. She looks down and she's like, oh, it's actually my period that started. The thing is like on the surface, like this is all kind of gross. On the other hand, these are all things that like you kind of, you can recognize and identify with. And you're like, yeah, like those are things that happen to you. So she, she writes things like that, which are not sexy, but are very visceral and like, very recognizable if you've been in that kind of situation. Right. In this book, Alf, they're running away and Alf is like, quick, uh, I'm going to give you a blowjob. This is the first book I think I've ever read by Hoyt where the guy ejaculates in her mouth and she spits it out and she's like, that was gross. Mm -hmm. And it's not sexy. That is 0% sexy. On the other hand, is it authentic? Probably. I needed more to happen between them in the realm of honesty Yield. before that scene for it to be hot. Uh, I agree. I mean, the, the question is, was it supposed to be a hot scene? Yes. You think so? Yes. Yeah. I, I don't know if it was supposed to be hot or not because I found it, I did not find it sexy. I did find it interesting in terms of this is something I've never read before. Voyeurism gank. Yes. It was supposed to be sexy. <laughs> okay. Not like nothing mind, but like if you're into that, like the fact that he's having a whole conversation with his dick down her throat, yes, it was supposed to be like a thing. Okay. Well, even though I didn't find it sexy, I did find it interesting. Again, I think I could have found it sexy if it felt like the two of them were in on like we'd both kind of be into this thing. Mm -hmm. Not a they were absolutely not on the same page and had not communicated, but she sort of took it as an opportunity. Mm-hmm. Made it all feel kind of weird. Yeah. Then they have a few scenes in his bed. Like they actually have sex in bed mm-hmm. and they're, they're fine. Like they're, look, they're sexy. Elizabeth Hoyt wrote them. They're very explicit. They're pretty sexy. In my opinion, I think I would have had to love these two characters in a relationship together to love the sexies. Yeah. I think that was my issue with it. Mm-hmm. Like overall, the relationship wasn't there for me. Yeah. To be really excited, these two characters were finally figuring it out. Yeah. That said, because I like Hugh and because I like Alf, this does rank in the top half of Maiden Lane books for me. I think on our final episode, we're gonna rank all the books, and so we'll we'll actually rank them like. I think we're going to have to write them separately and then like come out like, what's our number one? What's our number two? I think this is higher for me than it is for you. Mm -hmm. I think that's because you like Maiden Lane Overhaul more than I do. Mm, It's fair. Possible. So Elizabeth Hoyt, just too many of the themes don't do it for me. I mean, she's definitely darker Mm -hmm. than a lot of historical romance gets. Right. Like a child being abandoned in the slums at age five. 
Okay. This book did not make me laugh out loud except for one line. There's one line that made me actually laugh out loud because Elizabeth Hoyt was making fun of herself. Yes. And I loved it. It was the part at the end where they're getting married and Iris is like, oh no, it's going to be like a little scandal that he marries this little gutter snipe. And they come up with this idea for, for them to minimize the scandal. And she goes, it's not like he's the only Duke to ever do this. And I was like, you mean like Maximus and Valentine? <laughs> Correct. <laughs> so I thought it was, I think it's actually kind of hilarious because like, we have Maximus, Duke of Midnight, who marries, you know, the daughter and sister, the sister of a Viscount. Fine. Right? Not a gutter snipe. Not a gutter snipe. Then we have Valentine, who marries his housekeeper. Correct. And who does, though, happen to be the bastard sister of a baron. Correct. But now we have Hugh marrying an actual gutter snipe. <laughs> But anyway, I did think that was, that was to me, the part of the book that I thought was the funniest. That line came right before the dun-dun-dun epilogue, and I was like, no, uh, no. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think I've actually caught it before when I read this book. I think I only read this book once before, but I don't think I caught it at that point. But I did this time, and I did laugh. So, I mean, look, if you're loving Maiden Lane, you're going to like it. If you're looking for a resolution for Elf, read it. I mean, if you're reading Maiden Lane, don't skip this one. I, I don't think you should skip it. Again, top half. I think I liked Kyle more than Alf, which is surprising because I came into this book wanting to read about Alf. Yeah. So I think that's kind of where I'm at. I don't know if I feel differently if I read it again. Yeah. But I think that's where some of my, like, meh is coming from. Yeah. No, I, I, I get it. I totally get it. But, uh, yeah, definitely, like, if you're reading Maiden Lane, I wouldn't stop now. <laughs> <laughs> don't stop yet. Maybe, actually, maybe stop after this one. <laughs> Damn it, Meg. I haven't started the <laughs> Thanks for listening. Bye.